In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There are certain seasons and times of the year that all of us look forward to. There are birthdays and anniversaries. There are national and civic holidays like Independence Day and perhaps Labor Day. There are days that we pause to give thanks for blessings and people who are in our lives, like Thanksgiving Day or perhaps Mother's or Father's Day. And then there's possibly the day and the season that outshines them all, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the whole season of Christmas Tide. It is a time filled with joy and expectation. There is a certain nostalgia of childhood memories, of special gifts, or yearly meals. Family traditions, grandmother's cooking, and the giving of gifts make and leave an indelible mark on us. And it is right that we should come together on this holy night to celebrate a gift given not only to us, but for us and for all mankind. We come together to celebrate the birth of Jesus and the peace and joy that he brings each of us. And part of our celebration, our family tradition, if you will, is to tell the same story each year on this night, the story of a busy Bethlehem, of Mary and Joseph having to sleep in a stable, of shepherds hearing the song of the angels, and of Jesus being born and laid in a manger. We tell the story each year to help us remember what it is that we celebrate. But each year, as we retell, remember, and hear the story again, it sounds just a little bit different. And different details each year may seem more or less important than others. That is what happens when we tell familiar stories. So tonight, let us carefully remember and hear the message of the angel and what he tells the shepherds that makes them so excited that they hurry off into Bethlehem. In order to do this, I want you to imagine yourself as one of the shepherds. And in your mind's eye, I want you to imagine yourself sitting on a hillside some distance from Bethlehem. It is dark, late at night, say, a little after midnight, and you can see some lamps from some houses, maybe the inn, shining about a mile or so away. It's quiet. The stars are out. There may be even a few sheep bleating softly. One of your friends has a lyre and is playing some quiet music singing very softly and very lowly. Then suddenly, there's this light, this brilliance, and you see someone approaching you out of the light. Everyone around you wakes up. You're stunned, confused, 
even terrified. One moment you're dozing, listening to the night noises, and now everything has changed. And the first thing you hear is, do not be afraid. Now, if you're anything like me, you might answer back, well, that's easy for you to say. But there's something about the voice and the light. And much like meeting someone unexpectedly who scares you in one moment, and then you feel completely safe with the next, you begin to listen, and your eyes grow accustomed to the light. And the angel says again, do not be afraid because the news that I am going to tell you is the most exciting that you will ever hear. Just now, over that hill in Bethlehem, a baby has been born who is the Savior and the Messiah. Now, we have to stop the story right there for just a minute. Because if we don't, we will miss something very important. Something that is hidden under the surface of the story, but is an important detail that makes all the difference in what we understand. It is wrapped up in one word that for those shepherds and also for all the people who heard their story meant something very specific. And the word is Messiah. Messiah has a very specific meaning, and it applies only to someone in a unique position. If we were to translate that word into English, Messiah would mean the anointed one, and it would refer to someone being anointed for a royal role, like becoming king. If you recall, King David was anointed by the prophet Samuel. And his son, Solomon, was anointed by Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet. This anointing occurred as they began to rule. Later, after Israel and Judah fell and the people were taken into exile, the prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and others prophesied about this Messiah this new king who would come again and win victory for his people and rule like his ancestor David had done. So, when the angels tell the story that in David's very city of Bethlehem, the Messiah had been born that night, it meant several things to the shepherds. First, it meant that finally, after hundreds of years, the heir to the throne had returned. And this heir is someone to whom they could put their trust in as king. It meant that the powers of Rome and the occupying armies of Emperor Augustus might, after long years, finally be leaving the land. It meant that for them and for their families, a new era a new day had dawned. And what better sign and confirmation of that news than to have the hillside and the countryside lit up, not by just one angel's, but soon by 
a whole host of angels singing praises to God. Second, it meant that all the old stories and legends that they had heard, much like the Isaiah reading we heard a few minutes ago, were finally coming true. Passages like Isaiah 9 may have been ringing in their ears about yokes of burden being broken and tramping warriors leaving in fear because a child has been born who is known as the mighty God, and he will sit upon the throne of David, and his kingdom will have endless peace. Now, let us return to the countryside in our mind, and we see the angel, and we hear this message about the baby, and we remember all we have learned about this coming Messiah from our own childhood and onwards, and it seems like all is being fulfilled before our very eyes. And like fireflies in summer, we begin to see small dots moving on the horizon. And there are hundreds, if not thousands of them. And they're moving very, very fast. And they're getting larger and bigger. And there's a noise, a sound unlike anything you have ever heard. And as it gets closer and closer, you can make out the song, Glory, Glory. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace among those whom he favors. And the angels sweep over you, maybe even circling around you a few times. And just as quickly as they came, they depart. You stand there, maybe blinking for a moment. Did I dream this? And you look over to your friend next to you, and he has the same puzzled expression, and you realize that you didn't dream. The whole company of shepherds are awake, and someone, maybe even you, says, we must go. And see if this is true. And you run into the city. Looking around barns and stables. Until you come. To one. And everything you have been told. Is true indeed. This gift. This Messiah who is born. Becomes for us our blessed Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Christ, in case you don't know, is simply the Greek word for Messiah. So, when we profess that we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, we are professing that we believe in this Messiah, this King, who has come to rule our hearts. We sang a few minutes ago, this, this is Christ the King.
whom shepherds guard and angels sing, haste, haste to bring him Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. That is perhaps the most true thing we can sing this night. Because of where we stand in time and history, we know the rest of the story. We know that Jesus grew up, traveled throughout Galilee and Judea, taught in the synagogues and on the hillsides, and ultimately gave himself up for us. As the story progresses, we learn that Jesus' only true throne was the cross. And it is from that cross that he ruled as the Messiah, as the Savior, as the King who came to redeem his people. But he didn't just redeem them or redeem us from earthly powers like Rome or dreaded kings like Herod. No, instead he came to redeem us and all people from sin and death. He came to bring us true peace, true joy through his life and his death, and ultimately his resurrection on Easter Day. We talk often about Christmas presents that we give to each other and what we need to buy or maybe what we need to make for others. And it is a good thing to give gifts to those whom we love. Jesus coming to us, born of the Virgin Mary, and as St. Paul wrote in our letter to Titus, Jesus giving himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, all sin, and purify us for himself. Tonight, that gift is what we celebrate, what we call to mind. But as we do so, we too must think about the gifts that we give back to God, that we give back unto Jesus, our Messiah. In a little while, we will sing one of Christina Rossetti's poems, and she will ask the question, what can I give him, poor as I am? And that is one of the most important questions we can ask tonight or any night. The best gift you can give back to our blessed Lord is your heart. But that doesn't mean just a good, warm, gooey feeling. It means letting Jesus be in charge of your life in charge of your decisions, coming to worship him with fellow Christians just not tonight, 
but weekly or even daily. Giving your heart to our Lord and Savior means declaring that Jesus is King. If you give your heart to Jesus, it means doing those things that please him. Doing those things that he would have us to do. So tonight, as you think about what our Lord has done for you, consider and ponder ways that you too, like the shepherds who heard the angels singing, can go even unto Bethlehem and to lay beside that manger your heart so that you may truly follow our Messiah and our King. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.